You're listening to This Foul Earth. So anyway, where was I? Oh, oh, I, I, I said to him, look, I'd love to, and I am flattered, but I can't join the Smith, Stephen. I can't join the Smiths. I'm too busy in the truck building game. I got somebody needing a two-panel doing in Chichester tomorrow. But let me put you in touch with a boy I know, a good boy, Johnny Ma. I said he's a very charming man. You two will go together like hand in glove. Yeah, and well, needless to say. So just so I got this right, you got asked to join the Smiths and Ultravox in the same year, Trevor. Is that right? Well, I knew a lot of them from when I was the compare at the Hacienda for a bit. I didn't want that job, but I got talking to Peter Hook at Exmouth Services once, and he begged me, right? Mm. And uh, Morris used to come to that. I knew he was going to be a star even then, you know. I said, one day, I said, you could be up here doing the raffle, yeah? Little did I know before long we'd be doing a bit more than the bloody raffle. <laughs> he was a funny boy, Stephen, as I call him. And uh, mid-year I knew, of course, to my sister. You know, I can I can ring her up if you don't believe me. I'll call her up right now. Oh no, Trev, we believe you, don't we, boys? Anyway, yes. I must be going. I've got some boys here interviewing me for some. Uh, was it a radio thing? Is it selling your story to People Magazine? Perhaps is it, Trev? <laughs> Could be, Jeff. Could be. Anyway, I must love you and leave you. I'll text you about that rubble in the week, Jeff. All right. All right, Trev. Take it easy. Right, so boys, all the best, Carl. Let me know if you want me to forward that demo tape that your boy done. I'm still quite chummy with David Geffen. Right, ta-ra, all. Ta-ra, ta-ra, Trev. Ta-ra, Trev. Ta-ra, He's getting worse. He's getting getting worse. I know. You boys, don't say fucking nothing to me till we get back in the car, alright? Bruce, alright, son? Just doing a radio interview. So the, that was a fairly standard one for me. That was a was a one-hour drop-in. Uh, could you pass me that water? Well, where to start? Um, well, starting right at the beginning. Um, I did my undergrad at RADA, and then I was understudying a fellow at the Old Vic uh, in Bristol. Uh, did a spell in the West End, you know, just odds and sods. This would have been around probably the early nineties. Um, you know, you do the bill because everyone does the bill. I had a walk on and extenders, that sort of thing. So I was your, uh, I was your sort of classic '90s struggling actor. Yeah, um, I was sort of into my thirties and wondering what on earth to do. Um, and around that time, it would have been around say '95 and '96 is when I got into the immersive theatre thing. Uh, that's where you know the audience are free to move around and the information is distributed asymmetrically. So depending on you know where an audience member is, they'll pick up the story differently to everybody else. You know, and some of these productions were 12 hours. You know, you had to be in character the whole time. A lot of it was in, uh, sort of you know, improv, which which I loved. Um, honestly, I was in an improv troupe when I was at university. It's it's the most fun. It should be on the national curriculum, and we pushed for that. It didn't go anywhere, like but still. But the problem, of course, 
uh, is the immersive theatre, although it is very artistically rewarding, people genuinely do not like it. Yeah, it, it does not make any money, sadly. So there was a point around the turn of the millennium where I was thinking, you know, do I not have what it takes? You know, because you always go in knowing that the odds are against you. But I thought, have I wasted the good years of my career playing, you know, a, a Bobby in some awful Thames TV drama? Or doing theatre that nobody cares about, you know? You have the classic mid-career slump, I think, where you start thinking, oh, you know, maybe I could... Maybe I could be a drama teacher or, you know, all that. And then a friend of mine saw an ad in the paper that just said liars wanted and a phone number. And, you know, what's acting if it's not lying, you know? So I go to the interview at, um, well, I can't say where, but um, actually, where is this going to go out? Right, okay. No, oh, well, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, oh yeah, so anyway, um, I went to this interview and let, let's just say it was a big Welsh brewery, yeah? So you think of a Welsh brewery and that's the one, right? Um, they said, we've done some research at our pubs. Uh, attendance is falling, right? So we've done a bit of research and we found that the one thing that increases customer retention is having a known character. Somebody that everybody knows and ideally somebody that is something of a figure of fun. And they worked out if a pub had a known liar, you know, somebody who will just say anything and everything to hold court. It kept people in the pub while they were there. But crucially, it also kept them there after they left because everybody would want to discuss the outrageous lies they'd just heard. And they found that the best performing pubs all had a known liar amongst their clientele. And they wanted to know if I'd be interested in working in character as a pub liar in their pubs. But well, I snapped their hand off. Yeah, uh, they organised for me to stay with one of their um, one of their OLs, and um, oh sorry, um, OL is uh, Organic Liar, so they're the real ones, you know, like not the paid ones like me. They're the real thing. So I stayed with one of them to pick up the accent and a few of the manners of speaking. And after six weeks, uh, I was given a cover story. I was given a flat for when I'm working. Everything, you know, this this phone that's not my phone, you know. I don't have my cards in a wallet on a flap like this. Uh, these aren't even my clothes, you know. Trevor has, like, a wardrobe of pre-worn items. And that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years. Best work of my life. Hands down. I cover six pubs across three nights. And the rest of the time, um, I stay in the Cotswolds with my partner. And he works from home most of the time. So I do my 12 hours work a week, and the rest of the time is domestic bliss, you know. How does it work? Well, uh, needless to say, my name's not really Trevor. Uh, my real name's Quentin. Uh, I get sent a dossier every week for things that I'm not that knowledgeable about. You know, things like sports, which was never really my thing. Um, just enough information to be, to be able to hold a conversation, you know. And I spend an hour in each of my six pubs twice a week. So that's a 12-hour week. The staff aren't in the know, so I have to be in character as I'm pulling up to the pub. You know, there's no psyching yourself up in the car park. You know, I have to be Trevor when I'm within 100 feet. Yeah. Um, my cover story actually accounts for me visiting so many different pubs. Um, I, well, Trevor, uh, works repairing truck trailers. 
and that's something else I had to learn about. But honestly, I've actually taken a bit of a genuine interest in that since I started doing this. It's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, all my pubs are within a 20-mile radius. Yep. Um, ingratiating yourself with a clientele, it does take time. You can't just walk in and say, you know, good evening, I know Elton John. You know, It was months before I even started intimating that I was the one who rewrote Candle in the Wind for Princess Diana. That was a corker. Did I ever tell you that one? Well, Elton was distraught, wasn't he? Reg, as I calls him. I knew them two as tight as a pair of ass cheeks, right? So I got him on the blower and I said, Reg, you leave that to me, son. I'll send you over a few ideas and if you like him, use them with my blessing. Yeah, I don't want the limelight, you know me, boys. I don't want the headaches that comes with all that. Oh, I should have heard the halfling. Oh my god. That's the real measure of success. If I get a big half, like a ugh, then I know I'm onto something. Good thing about the job. The good thing about the job is its variety. Yeah. And also, occasionally, customers from one pub on my list will visit another and see me there. And you know what I do? I'll introduce them to the people that I've been winding up for the past 10 minutes and then I'll go to the toilet. Yeah. And what do you think they're doing when I'm gone? I come back, I make an excuse, and I leave. The visiting customer will then sit with that group for an hour comparing lies with them. And in some cases, they'll form a bond with the resident customers over what an out-of-control bullshitter I am. And then guess who's putting money over the bar? There now, as well. The brewery said they'll be work for me as long as it works. And I've been doing this, as I said now, for, for 20 years. Huge spikes in revenue in the pubs I cover. I don't know how many others there are. I know there's somebody who works, um, works Cardiff Ely in Wenbo. I actually saw him in an inspector calls at the Lowry a few years ago. He is sublime. I actually suggest I suggested this to him. He does oh god, he does this SAS thing, right? You have to see it. He's never done a push-up in his life. He looks awful. And he tells them about going on maneuvers in Sudan, about hiding your turds in the sole of your shoes so as not to alert the enemy. He said he used to climb vines in the jungle, tie them round his neck, and then he'd go to sleep like that, so that if the enemy ever saw him, they would assume that he was dead. And you see the audience's faces, and they're having the time of their lives. They cannot wait until he has left. And you know, they'll go home, and they'll tell their wives about this awful man. I went to see him work once. I was in character, obviously, and so was he, so there wasn't so much as a wink between us. But honestly, he's wonderful. I mean, I think there's one that covers Bridgend. There, there could be others, though, honestly. Like, I'm not sure. liar um, I would say use what you know yeah so I tend to stick to name dropping because when I was you know a jobbing actor that was the one thing I hated so I've been able to use that and I've always liked um, music so I've drawn on that you know it has to be true to you I would say it's not enough to just tell the most audacious lie that you can think of it needs to be organic to you yeah so I've been sowing the seeds of Trevor for the past 20 years and the customers have inferred from that that I don't, well, not I, you know, Trevor doesn't get a lot of respect at home. Yeah, his wife doesn't like him and his kids don't listen to him. Yeah, so that's the motivation for it, you know. That's why I'm lying to them. And that's what makes compelling lies in my view. It's, you know, it's method, it's quick thinking, it's everything I ever loved about acting. And I get to do it a dozen times a week for people who don't even know, you know. They don't even know they're watching a performance. 
it's been the best work of my career, easily. And I will say, it's it's a shame I've got to be Trevor, you know, because I've grown very fond of my little groups. I'd never spent much time here before I started working around here. And uh, Adam and I did consider retiring here, but you know, I can't now, for obvious reasons. But yeah, it's it's been the best work of my life. And um, well, if I continue to do it well, nobody will ever know that I did it. But that... <laughs> Now, to me, that's not really important. You know, what's important is that it works. You know, and maybe, you know, maybe that makes me a sellout, but as far as I'm concerned, the brewery is doing more for arts for me and for lots of actors in Wales too than any arts council scheme or any grant that I've ever had. You know, I've had steady acting work for 20 years. You know, you find that somewhere else. I dare you. That's been my favourite lie. Oh, God, that's really difficult. Oh. God, that's really tough. Ah, uh, God, there's been so many. Um, you know Danzig from The Misfits? He stole my haircut. He saw me on uh, Old Kent Road in London. With that, I was the first person to start doing that, and he fucking nicked it. That was a good one. Um, but you've got to know your audience with that one a bit, I think. Uh, oh, the, the best one, I think, was... Um, you know where Cameron Eileen, Dexter's been like in it? That was me playing the washboard. But I couldn't be there for the video. No, no, the reason I'm not on the video is because I had the mumps. Do you remember that summer in 1982? When we all had the mumps? I said to Dex, yeah, I said, don't come near me, son. You'll have bollocks like melons. And I do not mean to be crude here, son. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably my favourite. That I was in Dex's Midnight Runners. <laughs> it's all been good fun. I have to say. It's all been good fun. 